We all know we are supposed to drink more water, but how much plain water can you really drink? Well, drinking more water just got easier with new Bigelow Botanicals Cold Water Infusion. Simply open the foil pouch, drop in the bag, and add cold water to make a refreshing, flavored water. Bigelow Botanicals are not only delicious, but calorie and caffeine-free. Staying hydrated has never been so easy with flavors like strawberry, lemon, orange blossom, and watermelon, cucumber, mint. Bigelow Botanicals are a new reason to love your water. Hi, I'm Andrea Donsky, founder of NaturallySavvy.com and co-host of our Naturally Savvy podcast. And I am Lisa Davis, MPH health educator, co-host of Naturally Savvy and author of the book, Cleaning and Dirty Sex Memoir Cookbook Healthy Lifestyle Guide. At Naturally Savvy, we are here to help you make healthier lifestyle choices. So we are so honored that you are tuning in to listen to our podcast on a weekly basis. And we are here to engage you, have fun, and help you live your healthiest lifestyle. Now... Onto the show. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Naturally Savvy Radio. I just learned something new. The word fat, P-H-A-T. Now, I know that's been used with some of the, you know, the kids and like, oh, that's super fat, which means like it's super awesome or cool. But we're not talking about that kind of fat. We're talking about something called polyhormonal adrenal testosterone syndrome. And here to talk about this is a wonderful Dr. Jerry let me say that again, is a wonderful Dr. Jerry Bailey. He's an acupuncturist, chiropractic, and functional medicine physician at Lakeside Holistic Health with over two decades in his field. He's also a prominent expert on men's medicine and leads the world in the emerging science of polyhormonal adrenal testosterone syndrome. Now, not only has he observed this new phenomenon in his patients, but he has also started to observe similar hormonal patterns in himself, thus leading to the deep dive into the discovery and research of his new, of this, excuse me, new syndrome. So I am very fascinated. You have a wonderful, <laughs> beautiful long bio, but I'm just going to bring you in yeah, because people fine. can check you out. Yeah. I should mention this though, that you and your physician wife have uh, been the top functional natural medicine practice in the inland Northwest for many years. Your yeah. clinic is at the forefront, cutting edge, evidence-informed practice, and you're doing really cool stuff. Okay. Blah, so yeah. Dr. Blah, 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 Bailey. Blah, 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 all that stuff. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome yeah. to Naturally Savvy. So hey. nice to have you. you Thanks for See, me. I can say you're you're fat and you're meaning you're cool, <laughs> no, right? Thanks. But you also thanks. seem to have fat. And I'm not talking about FAT, but right. all right. So first of all, tell us about yourself and when did you first get interested in healthy living, healthy lifestyle? Um, well, I kind of, you know, since my teen years, really, uh, a long time ago, a long time ago, 35 years ago, I'm, I'm a bit older now. I'm 47, 48 this year in 2021 here. Um, so it was, you know, I was always interested in health and exercise uh, as a precursor to preventing illness. And, and I saw that. I saw that with my own family, family history, you know, Midwest uh, family history. You know, it's the classic American diet, steak, potatoes, and you know, burgers and fries and hot dogs and all that stuff. Um, so, you know, I saw family, extended family diabetes, cholesterol, cardiovascular issues, just degradation of their health overall of people in their forties. You know, when you're young, you don't think of, you see them and you're like, ah, oh, they're old. They're in their forties. I'm like, crap, I'm that old right now. Um, and they were just really unhealthy and I didn't, didn't want to be that way. 
So just started off with the weight training and nutrition. I remember doing many, many speeches in high school speech class and English class um, about health and, and diet and things. And it just naturally progressed onto college in exercise physiology and nutrition, and then onward to chiropractic school and acupuncture. And then of course, functional medicine, which was just the natural progression of, of natural medicine, um, really delving into the research of it. Well, you are quite accomplished. I mean, to be an acupuncturist and a chiropractor and a functional medicine physician, yeah, you must really have a passion for it. Cause that's a, that's a lot of work. Yeah, you know, I do, and it's it's so much fun. It's so much fun to be a part of it and really see people change their lives. And really, as doctors, we just, you know, I take the thing of we just try to entertain the patient while they fix themselves, really, is what it comes down to, is just keep guiding them, keep entertaining them so they do the work to work on themselves. Because I can give them all the tools they need, uh, and it's up to them to do it. But if I can't, you know, inspire them or get them to do it, it's a waste of money and time on, on their part and my part as the practitioner. So yeah, I love, love what I do, love coming in every single day and seeing patients and just laughing and have a good time. I use humor as part of healing with them because we have to laugh at ourselves. And as you mentioned, the fat syndrome, you know, the PHAT back in my day, way back, you know, PHAT was the pretty hot and tempting. So I always call this the pretty hot and tempting disease for guys. <laughs> Before we jump into polyhormonal adrenal testosterone syndrome, what for people who don't know, what is functional medicine? Uh, functional medicine is really the medicine. There's so many different definitions out there. And I like to keep it simple and just go, it's the medicine of you. It's taking you as the client and really figuring out where the issues are coming from, getting to those deep root causes as best as possible, getting those fixed so that way your health you know, really improves and becomes what you want. It optimizes it. Often, you know, we, we, we use medications, those things as a band-aid approach, is, which is great. I mean, I have no problem with medication use. A lot of people get kind of like, well, you're a functional medicine doc and chiropractor and all that stuff. Like, you're okay with medicine? Well, yeah, if you need it to save your life at this point in time, then of course, let's use it. But let's work on that back end. And that's where this comes into is that lifestyle medicine, correcting all the things you've done to get from point A to point B where you're sitting at. And we need to reverse all that. So it's it's a blast doing it. It's a blast just getting people back to the basics of eating good, getting some good exercise, getting out in nature and enjoying life in there. I have a, just a quick side note. I have a, I have a book. Um, it's in the other room. I should have brought it in. That is from my great, great, uncle's it's his health book from 1887 from the midwest it's from his book it's his book and you read it and you go man 1887 they knew more or just as much as we know now literally in in how the body functions and it was it was key back then they said the same thing eat good food don't eat processed food get good exercise, get fresh air and fresh water, don't drink a lot, don't smoke, don't eat processed foods, and you'll probably live a really good life. And it was like, okay, we knew that 140 some years ago, and yet we're still (laughs) talking about the same dang things today because people don't do it. They just like, they want to be, in general, not everybody, but in general, the average person wants to be lazy and just give me a pill so I can do what I want. Yeah, it's so true. You know, I was in line at the pharmacist the other day and I thought, it's really crazy. We have such a backward society in mm-hmm. terms of let's let's just all eat all the crap we want and not move and get sick. And then we're going to, you know, go to the pharmacist and there's all these drugs. And again, I'm, I'm in favor of using medication. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I was there picking up a medication, as a matter of fact. So, uh, you know, I'm crunchy, but I'm also realistic about, yeah. what, what, you know, what I need. 
But it just was, it's just mind-boggling, right? Because there's so many tools and there's people like us who are providing people mm-hmm. with this information and yet it's still so hard. So I would love to know, first of all, how do you motivate your patients? And I promise we'll jump into the fat. <laughs> how do I motivate them? Well, I always tell them that I'm always a phone call away. And you can you can see it on screen with you right now, but you can't see it in the video. A size 12 uh, for, for their butt to get them to get to do the right <laughs> stuff. That usually gets a good humor, you know, good joke out of them. But, you know, it is true. It's, it's motivating them is saying, listen, you've, you've got to this point with everything you've done. Now, if you continue on this path, where do you think you're headed? And where do you want to be? Like, what is the goals you want? Do you want to be around for your kids, your grandkids? Do you want to be able to not just be around? Most like, I want to be around for them. Well, what does that mean to you? What does being around mean to you? Right. And so is that playing ball with your, your grandson or granddaughter? Is it, you know, going for a walk with them? Is it going on vacation with them? Like if, if you don't do these things, uh, if you keep doing the things you've done to get to this point, you're not going to be able to do those things. If you change what you're doing to what you need to do to get to those points, you're going to be able to do those things and more. And you're not going to be spending your time, as I see it so many times, is the older we get, the more doctor's appointments we have. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, what does your day look like? Well, I got three doctor's appointments this day. Tomorrow I got two. The next day I got another one. Then I got this appointment. It's like. That's all they do. That's all they do is that's the whole time. It's like, that is not a life. That's just running from place to place for a five minute appointment for let. Yep. Script looks good. You're fine. Keep going. You know, instead of like, let's do the work. And it's not at first, it's a lot of work, but the investment you put in initially pays off in huge dividends at the end. And yeah, people, it absolutely does. Yeah. People often say, you know, like, oh, functional medicine, natural medicine is so expensive. Really? I mean, let's look at cancer drugs. Let's look at long-term drug use. The you know, autoimmune issues, when we look at autoimmune issues and the long-term use of biologics now uh, in that process and the expense of those for those things. I just had a client the other day um, I've known for a long time. She ended up, nice young gal, um, just ended up with out of the blue I've only seen her for chiropractic stuff, haven't addressed other things for her. We're getting ready to work on that with her, um, with hyperthyroidism. And the prednisone wasn't working for her. So now they're going to an IV therapy for her to the tune of a year, $350,000. Give me half that and we will hire a cook for you that will cook all of your meals. We'll hire a personal trainer for you to train you through this time and get you back on track for that whole year without the use of those things and reverse all these type things. So, you know, it's mind boggling when people say like, Oh, it's too expensive to take care of myself. Really? How about the endpoint of disease when you have nothing but to pay for that? And the average cancer therapy is 110 to $300,000 a year. That's in the U S I mean, just on top of the medication every single month and, and all that. It's not, it's not expensive. It's dang cheap. The initial investment of, say, lab work and everything else is, say, $5,000. That's nothing. Realistically, it's nothing to to look in the long run of your health. Oh, I agree. Do you treat leaky gut? Oh, my gosh, yes. All the time. Okay, all, all we'll be time. talking. Yeah, okay. yeah. The interesting thing with leaky gut is you got leaky gut. Uh, in men, we're going to end up with leaky prostate. 
Oh. Hence PSA elevation. We're going to yeah. end up with leaky testes, hence low testosterone. And we're, we're good lead into as we get towards fat a little bit there. Yes, very good. You know, very leaky good. brain, all that. We see it with women too. Leaky gut, leaky ovaries, changes there. We see, and so we see you get you get one main membrane. You're going to end up with pan membrane issues throughout the body. Um. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to definitely talk with you. You can help kill me. I, I will do the work. All right. So polyhormonal adrenal testosterone syndrome. What is it? What is it? So it's fat syndrome and men have it. It's very similar to PCOS in women. Oh, okay. And so, and so, but men can't have PCOS because, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome because we don't have ovaries or we could say our ovaries are on the outside of our bodies. <laughs> In the form of <laughs> testes there, uh, your, your testes are the form of ovaries on the inside of your body uh, in that process as a lady. So it's really, there's eight key things associated with fat syndrome. We see insulin resistance. We see increased body fat. We see cardiovascular dysfunction within there. So high cholesterol issues or other lipid type things along with decreased cardiovascular uh, strength. We see decrease in muscle mass, sarcopenia. We see maladaptive stress response. And your audience may know that term as adrenal insufficiency or adrenal fatigue. I like to use maladaptive stress response because that's more of what it is. Your body can't handle stress correctly anymore. We see hormone imbalances across there with testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, DHEA, and all of the hormones there. We see neurological dysfunction that develops with that, with brain fog, memory fatigue, uh, memory issues through there. Uh, we also see, as we just talked about, as you led in perfectly there, which is that pan membrane permeability issues. As we see across the board, once that gut becomes leaky, now it triggers responses everywhere. We start to see leaky process, leaky membranes everywhere in the body. It boils down to those key things. Any condition has very specific patterns within it. And, and this fits with PCOS in women, the same exact thing. And with men, it's fat syndrome. It's the same scenario. And there's actually a ton of research on it. And it used to be linked. They used to say, they said it's PCOS in men, uh, but it's actually a little, they looked at it. They looked at most of the research was kind of funny. They looked at it as male pattern balding. You know, because balding really? is such an issue with men. So they're like, it's a, you know, DHT, the dihydrotestosterone issue. And yeah, that's part of it, but it's actually everything else. It's a genetic issue typically in there too that causes these problems. So for the loved ones of men who are listening or for men who are listening and you think, oh, that's, that's, that's my guy or that's me. <laughs> What should they do first? Who do they need to see? And I would say someone like you, because I would assume a mainstream yeah. doctor might miss something. Yeah. Mainstream docs are going to basically going to go, let's look at testosterone. And they're going to run testosterone tests. They're going to see that you're probably low testosterone. And there's some risk factors there, some cardiovascular stuff. And they're just going to go, you just need testosterone to feel better. You know, the, the T clinics are growing like crazy around the country. Unfortunately, just dropping in a single hormone in somebody, if you don't know what's going on up that chain or down that chain, you're going to cause problems in there. Uh, and the dosage just going to keep increasing because the body becomes saturated at that point. So they need to find somebody who's well-versed in men's health, uh, somebody who understands this. This is a newer syndrome that, that yeah, of course, I discovered, and I'm naming it uh, there. Uh, but it's because it exists, and we see this. It's not just medicine tries to get down to this single diagnostic criteria for every for each thing, and then here's the pill for the ill. It's not. This is a conglomerate of stuff. And it incorporates metabolic syndrome. It incorporates uh, muscle wasting. It incorporates low testosterone. It incorporates neurological issues, uh, digestive issues, stress response, insulin resistance. It incorporates all that in there because that's people today. That's men and women today uh, in, that, in, in, in their health. So they need to find somebody who's well-versed in functional medicine and knows what testing to run. So um, 
Yeah, testing itself, you want to look at very specific things. You want to look at your blood work for testosterone, uh, estrogen, uh, progesterone, DHEA. Uh, you also want to look at the uh, LH and FSH, your luteinizing hormone and follicle stimulating hormone to know, is it your brain the issue? Is it the pituitary gland the issue? Is it the, the hormone-producing gland itself, or is it a receptor or, or reproductive issue uh, in the, or a conversion issue in the liver itself? So I want to look at all those things to know what's going on. You also want to look at like a simple Dutch test that I use, the dried urine to test complete hormones, so Dutch test. That looks at your metabolites. Uh, of the hormone. So we know exactly how you're metabolizing it because you could be taking testosterone or later you could be taking estrogen and it's converting to pro-inflammatory, pro-cancerous estrogen. We don't want that at all. And so we want to know how you're breaking it down. Within there too, it'll look at your cortisol and your stress response, how your body's adapting or not adapting through there. Those are kind of the main two things to look at with somebody to know what's going on and how to really start addressing their issues. Yeah, it's really important. I also think that one of the problems in our society as well is a lot of men will be like, well, I'm just getting older. Of course, I'm gaining weight. And of course, I have high cholesterol or I have, you know, I'm stressed out. And But taking action is tough. And, and there, I don't know if there's actually studies on this, but I read quite a bit that men can be pretty stubborn about going to a doctor, whether it's <laughs> a regular doctor or the better, what I think is better, the functional medicine doctor. Mm-hmm. How do you overcome that? And, and, and how do you, do your men patients come willingly or do their loved ones bring them that was several questions but i think yeah. you know what i'm getting at yeah. it's a fit we'll, we'll start with the last question or work our way back it's a 50 50 most come in because there's something not right and they've seen my posts they see my facebook or instagram posts or that's their spouse going you need to get in there and get figured out because something is obviously wrong with with your health or with, with the way you feel, the way you're grumpy, where those things that are occurring for them. Um, so that's kind of the 50-50 there. Why does men not come in? Because men are taught in an early age, we're fine. Suck it up. Don't cry. Don't complain. Just deal with it. And so that creates its own issue in and of itself. And we're getting better with with our with my boys in particular too, and, and other other boys around my teen years and stuff, that we're teaching them to be more uh, aware of their health, more aware of how they feel and be able to communicate those problems. Whereas my generation before, it's like, yeah, suck it up, buddy. You're fine. You know, in that process. So men usually come in when there's an issue with erectile dysfunction. When that doesn't work, that's, you know, when that flag doesn't rise, that usually, (laughs) they usually like right in and like, boom, I need, you know, I need the little blue pill. And, and instead of docs taking the time to go through and go, okay, why isn't that working? Because that should be working. They say, here's a little blue pill to, to make that work better for you, which shouldn't be the first you know, no. line of defense, so to say, in there. So it usually involves that. Or it's they have a major health scare. They have a heart attack. They have something else that occurs in their health that like, oh, gosh, like something major is going on that I need to get help for. And then, then the wife says, like, you're going and we're going. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm assuming that they're going to have to make some pretty big lifestyle changes depending on what the issue is. Yeah. And as usually, you know, for a lot of families, the, the wife is the one taking care of stuff, and which is fine. Sometimes it's the husband. I've seen both scenarios. Um, but as long as you get both people on board, it makes it easy. You know, a lot of times it's the, it's the lady coming in for the care with functional medicine and we got to convince her to convince the family and the family's fighting it. So it's hard, but if we get the family in, it makes it so much easier to go, Hey, this is the stuff y'all got to do, or you're going to have some major health issues for the whole family down the road. 
Now, treating this, is it a combination of lifestyle changes and medication, or is it primarily, I guess it depends on which issue is the most problematic if you can expand on this for us yeah exactly there's multiple re- there's multiple things we have to address here it's always going to come down to lifestyle so it's stress management there whether that's through exercise meditation yoga uh shinrin raku get it which is japanese for getting you know forest bathing i always have to say Ooh. that really fast because i can never remember how to say it i was about to say what did you say yeah it's like shinrin yaku uh yeah japanese forest bathing is the term for it but it's just getting out in the forest and hiking and being out in nature that is so settling to to the body um why do men hunt they don't realize it but because they're forest bathing Oh, okay. And I just ruined it for them. Now they can't hunt anymore. Those are too sensitive being in the woods. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's, those are kind of some basic lifestyle things there. It's diet. diet. It comes down to diet number one. Is we have to have a really healthy diet. And what does that involve? That looks at a primarily vegetable-based diet with good meat and good fat within there, avoiding the processed foods. I tell people, eat the rainbow, not Skittles. Eat the rainbow of colors every single day. And it's that, if you remember way back to learning about the colors of the rainbow, we, we learned Roy G. Biv, the wonderful yeah. guy, you know, red, orange, yellow, blue, green, indigo, violet. I add white in there also. So that gives us eight colors to look at for, for the rainbow. You need to get six, you need to get eight cups of vegetables and fruits a day. Six of those colors and cups need to be vegetables. Two can be fruit. If you manage that every day, you're pretty darn good in getting in the, the enough phytonutrients and colors and calories and nutrients in the system to balance it out. Keeping it simple. Eat that. And then people go, man, that's eight cups. I'm like, yeah, it's hard at first, but it's going to get really easy in a few weeks. Yeah. And frozen, especially like for lunch, just before I came on, I got these amazing vegetables that have this seasoning that's all natural. It's like basil, garlic. And it was peas, broccoli, and green beans. And there was another one that had like a ratatouille kind of thing, but also just a few spices in it. And then I mixed that together with some quinoa. And I took some organic chicken sausage and mixed a little of that. And it was amazing. Perfect. And it was very colorful. I should have taken a picture. Perfect. Perfect. That's a great Instagram. And then some dark chocolate. Yeah. 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 Naturally Savvy Podcast is sponsored by Morphous for Menopause. I'm not, for my, I like dark chocolate for people to eat. I don't like the taste of it. I'm a bitter taster. So a lot of the bitter vegetables and that, it's just like this does not hit my palate really well at all uh, for that. So, um, but, you know, eating right is really key. Plenty of water, the exercise. Those are really the basics to start with. Um, you correct those things in people's health and a, ma- a majority of their health concerns are going to, quote unquote, magically disappear. <laughs> isn't it interesting yeah it's like oh like if i eat right and exercise then i get healthier yes it's magic you know and it's not it's just simply you're getting good foods and you're getting the nutrients we need to really balance the body and drive metabolism we're we're overfed and under nutrient we have way too many calories way too many carbohydrates that are processed with little to no nutrient value in them whatsoever Hence the that problem. is so true. Yeah. If we switch that to, we end up being naturally lower calorie and naturally high vitamin and mineral content. We actually drive metabolism. When we're low on nutrients and all those carbs are going, the body just goes, hey, I'm going into hibernation here. I'm going to pack this into fat. And so it fills the adipose cells. It grows adipose cells in our subdermal layers. And it makes the fat around our organs get bigger and bigger and bigger and larger and larger and larger, which then also increases risk factors for more chronic disease. Yeah, I know. It's a vicious cycle, isn't it? So Mm -hmm. that's why you have to 
make the changes that you need. And one of the things that I like to talk about is you have to find your why. I don't know yeah. if you ever talked yet, yeah, right? Because otherwise, you're just going to lose motivation. What do you want your future to look like? Do you want it to continue on this path where now, you know, gosh forbid, you're in a hospital a lot, you have, you know, a heart attack, all these things. Like, what do you want? What do you want that to look like? Picture yourself in three years, write it down detail. Where are you sitting? What are you doing? What do you smell? So that visualization uh, process. So that way they really get down to that point of understanding why they're doing what they're doing. And, and it's not that they can't have the junk food here and there. It's like, that's, it's okay. Like you're at a wedding, you're at a party, it's cake, have it. Don't eat a huge giant half a sheet cake, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> but just have a little bit and enjoy that thing. So, you know, that actually, what, and most of majority of my clients, when they eat healthy and then they go and have that, they're like, I had like three bites and that was more than it. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. So it's delving that deep. And sometimes, um, you know, I take, if they're having a hard time with figuring out their why I go through kind of a seven question process with them, um, which is actually just like, you know, why, why do you want this? And it's just continue that. Why do you, and once they, you know, answer that first question, like I want to be healthier. Well, why do you want to be healthier? Well, so I can do more at the end of life. Well, why do you want to do more than into life? Well, cause I saw my parent and my parents and we keep going down seven questions. So we really, we hit that seventh one, sometimes a little more. We hit that one where it's like that wise, like I want to be around for my kids and my grandkids and be an example for them, for my hope, for what their life can be like and not stress and, and fail the way I did. That, that hits them at home. They're usually like starting to cry at that point. And they're like, okay, I get it now. It's like, yeah, once you de- dig deep into your why, um, which is the seven question thing, the seven whys work really well. Now, where does supplementation come in with the polyhormonal adrenal testosterone syndrome? Um, every step of the way with the testing okay. is really, you know, what supplements are going to work. If you're low testosterone, why? So we'll look at, you know, the, the, that is it brain? Is it pituitary? Is it gland? Is it liver? Is it digestion for excretion through there? Where or receptor on the cell? Where is it going wrong? And then putting in the piece of the puzzle from there. Basic ones, nearly every person needs to be on. Actually, every person needs to be on, no matter male or female, a really good multivitamin, vitamin D, omega fatty acids, um, and glutathione. Those are kind of the big ones we, we have people get on to keep their body functioning. Glutathione is depleted in nearly everybody. That's why we've had this wonderful virus that spread across the world really rapidly and people are sick and sick and sick and sick is glutathione deficiency. Our bodies are so depleted from glutathione, we can't formulate an immune response. So we get sick really, really easily. We've used IV and injectable glutathione since the beginning of this whole thing that happened. And 99% of our patients, if they got sick, it was mild. Really? Yep. Now, what's glutathione for people who aren't Glut- familiar? Glutathione is the master antioxidant of our body. It's made up of three amino acids, cysteine, uh, glutamine, and uh, glycine. So those three amino acids make up glutathione, and it's our, most, it's our master antioxidant. And when that gets depleted, we're going to have major issues throughout of our health. Oh, that's so interesting. Now, let's talk a little bit about leaky gut while I have you here. While you have me here. <laughs> How do you test for that, whether it's men or women? Uh, stool test. Stool test okay. is the way to go. Um, you can do some blood work uh, with, with uh, what we use now through um, uh, Vibrant Wellness 
is uh, some blood work to look at some antibodies against the digestive tract itself, against like actin and against the zonulin there. Uh, but the stool test is really the best way to go because we can look at what microbial load you have uh, from bacteria, parasites, viruses, yeast, fungi, even worms too. We can see what's there. And we can see the health of the lining itself also. We can see uh, if there is leaky gut, high zonulin scores. If there's low archimancia in the system, which is a wonderful microbe that actually munches on the the mucus mm. yeah and so we like can Pac-Man. see if that, yeah a little pac-man in there uh, to see if that's helping create more mucus in the gi tract um calprotectin so there's a lot of markers we can see so the one specifically we used to use gi map i still love gi map um test but the new one that we're using is the the gut zoomer from vibrant wellness which gives us a heck of a lot more information into knowing how that is occurring and if it's occurring and to what degree and then how we need to fix it and do you work with people outside your area? Yes, yes, we do do telemed for people. <laughs> we do do telemed. I'm cheering with people. over here. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Uh, yeah, we do telemed with people um, all over the place, all over the country, um, in the U.S. and Canada, and actually throughout the world too. I've had patients in other parts of the world too. Um, so yeah, we we help you as best we can. And if you're in a spot where it's harder to get tests, we try to figure out how we can get a test to you or what's available in the area uh, to run. Now, for me, my leaky gut shows up primarily as food sensitivities. Is that how it is for most people, or what are some other things that show up? It can show up as food sensitivities for people, but it can show up as brain fog. It can show up as um, hot and men, elevated PSA, prostate-specific mm. antigen. Oh, wow. uh, it can show up as low testosterone. Again, circling the fat syndrome there, it can show up as that. It can show up as cardiovascular issues, skin issues. Um, uh, sometimes visual issues there too, lung issues. If you've got leaky gut, you're going to have a lot of issues that can develop in different ways. Um, and I've even seen it where, and sometimes you'll actually have digest, most of the time people have a digestive issues itself. They'll have like, you know, gas or bloating, constipation or diarrhea within there, or certain foods react for them. Um, heartburn even within there also. And I even see a small percentage of patients that have no digestive symptoms whatsoever, but they have leaky gut. Yeah, and they have they have systemic issues there. So it's that confusing part. It's like, how is the gut related to this if I have all these? Like, we shouldn't have food sensitivities. We shouldn't have autoimmunity. Um, and we should only have those things when we have leaky gut. Or if you're a medical provider listening and you don't agree with or believe in leaky gut, let me say intestinal intestinal permeability. And they go, oh, I've heard of that before. I'm like, yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. The leaky gut thing tends to get some people kind of hung up. Yeah. I want to go back to the fat for a moment. Uh, Do men need testosterone hormone replacement therapy or not if they make the right lifestyle changes or depends on each individual? Good question. Depends on each individual really is you can, for men who are obese, you can, if you drop weight 10 to 15% body weight drop, you can actually increase testosterone levels up to 200, 200%. Really? Huge, huge, or excuse me, 200 points. I said that wrong. 200 points can actually increase there by losing weight alone. So, yes, sometimes we have to do testosterone depending on what's going on. But, again, it's figuring out, like we talked about, is it a brain issue? Is it a pituitary issue? Is it a glandular issue? Is it a receptor issue? Or is it a liver conversion issue within there? 80% of conversion for our hormones occurs in the liver, 20% in the GI tract. So you can see if you have GI issues, how you can have hormonal issues. And if you have GI issues, you're going to have a liver issue too. So it's figuring out those, where is it coming from? Because if you can't digest foods appropriately with the right flora to get through to the liver for the liver to do its job, you're going to have liver issues. 
Now, it's not disease. Now, we're not talking about disease processes. People get hung up on that. They're like, well, my blood work looks totally fine. Right, because you're not diseased yet. So we look at the function of it versus the disease state of it. Medicine always looks at disease state. So if you get lab work because you're feeling crappy, and pardon my French, you look crappy or feel crappy, your lab work looks good. They go, well, you're fine. Doc, I'm not fine. I don't feel good. Well, we don't know. Medicine hasn't defined health yet. So it's you're not diseased, so you're healthy. Gee, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's so annoying when they're like, oh, no, but you're within the normal range on this so-and-so chart. Yeah, but I feel like, yeah, like you said, I feel like crap. And that's why it's good to see someone like you. Oh, exactly. So what I do, you can't see it here because this is audio, but if you extend your hands, if you take your arms right now and extend them out as far as you can go and bend bend your wrists straight up to the ceiling, you can kind of see there, there's your normal range. (laughs) <laughs> so that's normal. So if you're in a mirror, you're listening to this, and you got your arm just, there's the normal range. That includes all healthy people and all sick people. Now, if we go to healthy people, we now shrink that down to the sides of our head and put our hands on the side of our head. There's the healthy range. So, you know, that's what we're dealing with. Yeah, because I'm, I'm at that point where I'm just so sick of it. It's like mm-hmm. the stupidest things and mm-hmm. like healthy things. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had this, oh, oh, I have another question. Yeah. So they have these things where you can test for your food sensitivities. Mm-hmm. I did one with blood mm-hmm. and it came back with like paprika. And I'm like, what the, f- are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, which is honestly my favorite spice. Right. Well, that and garlic, yeah. but I can live on paprika, yeah. especially smoked. And I thought that's really weird. And then also it said, don't eat kale or spinach. But I have to be honest, I took out the kale and spinach. I felt better. I don't think it was just in my head. I took out the paprika and I felt better. So I'm like, this is annoying. But now I've put in the paprika back and I'm fine if it's occasional. But I haven't done this. I've just stayed away from the spinach because it was so interesting to me on this food sensitivity test. It was like, you know, moderate reaction to, you know, milk, wheat, dairy, corn, Mm -hmm. soy, blah, blah. And then it was like extreme reaction to spinach. That's so weird. What do you think about these tests? So I rarely do, truly, I rarely do um, food sensitivity testing. Um, Because if you have a lot of food sensitivities, you got leaky gut. It's not rocket science. That's what I figure. It's not rocket science. So because food sensitivity testing can be pricey, I always say, let's spend that money somewhere else to figure out the why. Yes. Fix it. Put those foods back in that you're responding to already. Because people usually know, like, oh, I have something I don't feel good. It's like, well, don't eat it. Duh. I call it the duh right. factor. Like, if it bugs you, duh, don't eat it. Don't do it. It's not rocket science. So we, we fix the things. And then what happens is we can add those back in. Now, how do you respond? Then we get a real, really good response if to those if we know you're sensitive. I see. You mean after you fix the gut? You yes. Mean? Yeah, because you're now healthy. You're now functioning. And so when you put that food back in, if you're going to respond to it, you're going to respond to it immensely. Ah, okay. What happens is people don't feel good. They got a lot of inflammation. They got a lot of these processes. The body's just not functioning the way they go. They just don't feel good. So they put some junk in. They just, I feel a little worse. It's not a dramatic worsening. It's just like, eh, I'm a little more tired. But they don't notice it. They just feel that way all the time. When they take those things out, they slowly start to feel better. And a lot of times it's a slow shift. They don't notice it. They're just like... Yeah, doc, it's been eight weeks. I don't feel any different. I said, really? So how are you sleeping? How's your energy? You know, so then it's that like, we got to use some reverse psychology a little bit be like, okay, these are the things you felt before. How do you feel now with them? They're like, oh yeah, I actually feel better. Like, okay. So you feel better. You just don't realize it yet. Like, well, I still have these little problems. Well, we'll get there. 
And so usually eight weeks, 12 weeks, depending on how long it's going on. Then we go, you've been avoiding this for a while. Let's put it back in for a meal and see how you feel. Either you're going to respond poorly or you're going to have no reaction at all. If you respond poorly, you know, either one, you're not ready for that food yet because we're not fixed all the way, or you're truly sensitive to it and you just don't eat it. But spinach and kale show up on everybody. Do they? Yes, they show. That's that's one of the biggest. That's one of the biggest things. They're like, oh, spinach and kale. Yeah, and if you eat foods consistently, hence the paprika. And by the way, I want to do a whole series on you because you're <laughs> oh, absolutely good. fabulous, Thank fabulous, you. fabulous, fabulous. You, you are awesome, also. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's uh, the kale and the spinach can cause oxalate issues, and that's a whole other. I mean, how many hours you got here? Well, um, well what does that yeah. mean? <laughs> so oxalates, yeah. So oxalates are are a compound in the system that can cause issues for a lot of people. Um, I won't go super in depth. That's about as light as I'll go with it because it's just like a whole other process there. Um, but spinach and kale are, are loaded with them and they can cause problems for people. So, and what happens as Americans and, and North Americans is we hear something's good for us. And so we're going to have it all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so then we develop issues from it too much of those things. Too much of a good thing can cause a bad thing. Right. So it's always like, you know, eat the moderation of things and 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 that usually does well for a majority. But that's but like I said, that's what I don't like about food sensitivity testing. And I have patients come in all the time like and they demand, I want a food sensitivity test. I'm like, if that's what you want, fine, but I, here's what's the issue is, is is we have pretty extensive paperwork. I can tell where your problem is already before I even talk to you. And I can tell you what we need to do to figure out what's there and how to fix it. And, you know, as I talk them through it, they kind of go, you know what? That's right. Some occasionally I'll get the person that goes, I still want the food sensitivity test. I'm like, let's work on this for a little bit. Then let's do that because your investment is going to be much better, uh, more wisely put at that point versus just doing it now. Cause you're going to show all the stuff that you're not sensitive to. I just feel very hopeful because someone like you and your knowledge and your sense of humor, I mean, it's obvious. I know <laughs> your patients must love you. You know, it's been doing it long enough. It's, it's, I always joke when I see, I'll see, a, you know, a husband or wife or, or, you know, a couple, I'll see one of them first and then they get all my, cause it's just, you've been doing it long enough. Like you have the same process. We'll say process, you know, and then, and I'll joke with, and then when they'll come in with the other spouse, the other partner, and I'll look at them because they'll be sitting there usually. And I'll say, okay, you've heard these jokes. You still have to laugh. Even though you've heard them, you have to laugh because it just goes <laughs> with the aura of what we're doing here. And so, you know, but I try to use humor a bit. And majority of my clients get it. Um, you know, occasionally I get oh, yeah. one that's, that's hard to read. And it's like, man, that was hard. And then, I mean, I can tell you many stories of being in practice. And, and uh, clients, I think, after the first visit, like, they're never coming back. They're never, it just wasn't a good fit. And it wasn't that. They don't have a sense of humor. Yeah, but it's, it's just, and, and it's okay. And I'm totally okay with that. I feel bad because I'm like, God, I, I don't want, I want them to feel that they got taken care of and got heard. That's a big thing. I want to feel that they got heard um, in the process. And it just, you know, we just don't mesh. Or because I work with my wife, she's a naturopathic doctor, acupuncturist, and functional medicine doc also, is sometimes it's like, you know what, you'd be better seeing my wife than me you know, uh, in that process. So I, I don't have that problem oh, okay. to say here, or I say, you know what, I think you might see this other practitioner. I think they're going to be a way better fit for you. And I just want you to get better. Um, and I'm obviously not that person to help you. And, and I'm okay with that. And hopefully you're okay with it. And I just want you to get better. I'm going to get you to who's going to get you better. Okay. First of all, 
I'm going to make an appointment with you. Second of all, I'd love to do like a regular oh, series because number one, you're fun. Number two, you're really flipping smart and you're passionate about what you do. I mean, what a great guest. Yeah. I used to, you, you, I'll give you one of my running jokes when people, you know, flatter with comments and stuff. And, and, uh, I, I love what I do, but I can only do, you know, it's people say something flattering. I said, well, only on days that end in, in why am I that way? <laughs> you are very funny. <laughs> <laughs> And it just, you, you you get that pause there and you know, I got him with it. Like I got him with it. And you're like, just wait for it. Just wait. Yeah. And they smile. They're like, that's every day. Yes, I'm like, exactly. exactly. <laughs> now, Dr. Jerry Bailey, I didn't ask you, do you prefer Dr. Jerry, Dr. Bailey? What do you, what do people call you? Patients? Well, it depends on if they like me or not, but, <laughs> but it, you know, Dr. Jerry, Dr. Bailey, Dr. B, you know, you know, everybody kind of calls me different things. I've not hung up on that doctor term. I had the wonderful privilege when I was first in practice to work with two primary care medical doctors uh, who I absolutely loved. And I just did chiropractic okay. at that point for their, for their patients um, and my patients. And, you know, it was wonderful to, to work with the two docs. So I still love to this day and still talk to uh, that was 20 years ago um, that they were humble enough to say, I don't care what you call me. It's just a term. I'm here to help you and get you better. And you can call me whatever you want. Staff calls me doc, Dr. B, Dr. Bailey. Um, my wife has a longer last name. She didn't take my name. She kept her last name, which oh. is Langendurfer. <laughs> so people call, can I can make an appointment with Dr. Lennon? And they're like, you mean Dr. Pam? They're like, yeah, Dr. Pam. <laughs> so she goes by Dr. Pam. Um, I usually go by Dr. B. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. You know, it's, it's, I do what I do because I love it. And I learned from my parents, my, my parents a long time ago when I was little of we're all equal. Um, we just, we just know, I know more than most people on what I do. You know more on what you do. I can learn something from everybody. And, and I take that from clients too, as clients teach me stuff every single day, how to better communicate based on things. And I always try to put terminology because medicine gets to medicine takes simple things and makes it complicated. I like to take complicated things and make them simple and use them in terms that people understand because that's what it is. It's like, you know, if we go and say, oh, I have, I have IBS, infl inflammatory bowel syndrome, or inflamed bowel syndrome, ir excuse me, irritable bowel syndrome. Okay, you just told me what you have. Your bowel is irritated. And that's what docs do. It's like, well, I think you have irritable bowel syndrome. Well, thanks, doc. Yeah, I know it's irritated, <laughs> but what does that mean? And how do you fix it? Well, we don't really know. And so they make this terminology to make it seem fancy. It's like, well, yeah, of course my bowel's irritated. It's inflamed. I got all this stuff. How do we fix it? Well, we just put a med in there to make your system not recognize it. It's like, no, 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 let's fix it through there. So medicine does a wonderful job of complicating it. I try to make it as simple as possible for people because it is. It's I, I, I love yeah. the KISS principle. Keep it simple, smarty in that process. And that way people get it. They get the process they need. They can follow it and they can keep track of it and rock their health to be awesome and optimize the way they should be. Well, you are awesome and you rock. Tell us all the ways, Dr. B, that we can find you. <laughs> uh, multiple ways. You can go to our website, lakesideholistic.com. You can go to Facebook to, to my own, Dr. Jerry Bailey. You can go to Instagram, Dr. Jerry Bailey. Uh, those are some great places to find me. You can also go to Dr. J, Dr. Jerry Bailey.com. If you want to know more about fat syndrome, uh, we started out there. We've circled around, but truly everything we talked about today is fat syndrome too uh, in that process. So you can go to fatsyndrome.com. I'm going to have there uh, a, a, a download you can do really quickly when that page pops up to learn more about fat and how to do testing for it um, and some simple steps to keep yourself healthy. And that's P-H-A-T syndrome. That's right. Com. Pretty hot and tempting syndrome. <laughs> 
Jerry, I adore you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. And we would appreciate it if you could please rate and review and leave a comment because the more you engage with our podcast, the more you will find it and help other people find it wherever they listen to their podcast. So be sure to follow us. I'm at Andrea Donsky and at Naturally Savvy and Lisa at Lisa Davis MPH. Thank you so much. And please share this episode because the more you share shows you care. We'll see you next time.